How you guys doing? Sad state of affairs in this segment of Biker News. Uh, the Mongols have lost members in a biker bar shooting in Oklahoma. But what's even worse is I'm going to show you how the media and law enforcement they work hand in hand to make a narrative that actually isn't true. Wait till you guys see this one. It's insanity, man. Like I said in a segment a while ago, it's like bikers, especially club guys. They're like subhuman to these people. What they did, though, in some of these media reports is just god awful. And then, of course, we have the good stuff uh, coming up today. We're going to go into that first, as well as a wall of shame. Let's get this show on the road. to spread some holiday cheer for children in need of toys this holiday season. Corporate Hospitality Housing and Shotgun Law Enforcement Motorcycle Club hosted their first Toys and to- Toys for Tots event right here in Odessa. Those who donated were given a free meal, and among those who donated were the Texas chapters of the Shotgun Motorcycle Club. A spokesperson from Corporate Hospitality was exp- excited to see the West Texans come together for a great cause. It's really exciting to see, um, you know, everyone just donate all these toys. Um, you know, again, we're really appreciative and we hope that, you know, we can bring smile to, um, you know, all the children that um, hopefully will receive these beautiful toys. If you would like to set up your Toys for Tots event this holiday season, we'll provide details on who to contact on CBS7.com. Or a thunder in front of the TV station this morning. Some members of the U.S. Military Vets Motorcycle Club rolled in with some holiday cheer. They were bringing a donation for communities caring at Christmas. Now, this is the fourth year. In fact, the Pensacola Crossbones chapter has held their poker runs for the communities caring children. For them, it's a ride with a purpose that brought in over $2,500 and a load of toys. Honor the privilege to reach out to the community uh, at the at the holidays during Christmas and be able to uh, pay it forward, give back some, and um, and be able to spread the love. Cameron says as proudly as they serve their country, the members are just as proud to continue serving the community. All right, good stuff right there. Good stuff. Uh, And they say I'm not all inclusive, but yeah, I'm inclusive. You know what? I'm not going to take away from what people do for the community and stuff. Maybe I'm a little irritated because our main story coming up right now and how the media law enforcement handled it. I'm going to give you a video right now covering what happened. And then I'm actually going to go into some details where you can see the flip that they're trying to do and by the way i was i'm gonna be at next video was able to figure out this lag and stuff uh when i'm showing you this stuff here we've never had a double homicide on average bartlesville police say they see one homicide a year but tonight they are dealing with a double homicide case 51 year old gregory rogers is the accused shooter police say he turned himself into tulsa county jail this morning news channel H jeff morgan reports on the shock from the city dealing with their third and fourth homicide of the year Monday night, within a few minutes, Bartlesville had more homicides than its average the last 10 years and the first double homicide of police chief Tracy Roll's tenure. And so it's very odd, uh, very, uh, very out of the ordinary for a community like like Bartlesville. Police say it started with a fight inside Kickstand Saloon. Gregory Rogers allegedly shot Austin Standiford and Van Parson, then ran away. He ran from the scene, according to police. Officers found the two victims in the bar, and they were sent to the hospital where they died. The news shocked Bartlesville throughout the night. Michelle Hope showed up to the bar this morning, hoping to see if her friends who were there last night were okay. Her friends weren't the victims last night, but she was still shocked by the news. Pretty hurt. I mean, Bartlesville is not like this. It's never like this. We're always calm. I mean, that bar is ran by some amazing people. 
Chief Rolls says there are still details they're working out, and they're going over the surveillance video from the bar. Uh, we're still working through. There's a lot of witnesses that we have to talk to, a lot of uh, things that our, our detectives are actively working on to, to get the real story behind not only how it happened, but why it happened as well. Okay. That is a look at one of the ways the story was coming out in the media. But I always wonder why the media just can't present the facts and let everybody else decide. No, they have to have some kind of spin. And this is especially true when it comes to clubs. We all know that. Shit, we've seen it. I've experienced it. This story, though, is messed up. I want to take you to one of the original reporting on this deal, and you'll see where I'm coming from. Out of News Channel 8, ABC, two men killed at uh, the bar identified. And the suspect was Gregory Rogers. Uh, They say he's from uh, Tulsa, turned himself in. Uh, The victims have been identified as 41-year-old Austin uh, Stanford uh, from Bartlesville and 28-year-old Alan Van Parson. It goes into their averages like they did in the deal. How they were taken into the hospital and stuff like that. Now, here's what's got me. Police say the victims were likely affiliated with a biker gang. Affiliated with a biker gang. So in this piece right here, they are trying to have you believe that this was a fight between clubs and I guarantee that's what everybody was thinking after hearing all this is well wait a second this is probably club stuff that's where you're wrong hidden in a different publication Tulsa World Gregory Rogers 51 was developed as a suspect in the case after Bartlesville police responded to a call that shots had been fired around 8.30 p.m. at Kickstand Saloon. Here it is. There they found two bar employees who had been shot. Police learned that the altercation had arisen at the bar, which built itself as Oklahoma's destination for bikers from all walks of life. They were employees. That's the one publication I could find that actually had something like that in there. All the rest of the papers, most of them anyway, were talking about how they were affiliated with a gang trying to make it seem like this was club related when in fact it wasn't. Do you see the big spin that they put on this story? And this is what they do with citizens to get them against clubs. I guarantee you the cops were on that. And I guarantee you they were in with the media on this one. Because who else uses the word gang? Cops. I don't know about you, but that was some of the worst reporting I've seen on anything. Where That's the thing you got to understand. You got to dig into all this material to find out what's going on. Even the stories that we cover, we always put the links in our show notes. Go there. Research the story from other sources because maybe you guys might catch something. Send it back to me where we can get the whole truth out there. 
but it takes everybody working together on something like that. But I guarantee if I didn't bring that up, that they were employees of the bar. Everybody would have been going on and saying, well, wait a second. Who's fighting who now? When in fact, it was one guy, non-club affiliated, that did the shooting. As far as we can tell in the papers. Just saying, let me know what you guys think in the comment section. After that one, I want to do another good one here before Wall of Shame, because that one's got me going. A local motorcycle club to deliver meals to the elderly. Uh, local motorcycle enthusiasts with the Saints MC of Lincoln County are gearing up to deliver meals to the elderly without family or resources for Christmas dinner. Members of the club are asking for the public's help in identifying those in need. The tradition of cooking and delivering Christmas Day meals to the elderly began with the Curay Motorcycle Club about 18 years ago since the tradition began. The numbers have continued to grow. Uh, the club welcomes uh, food, cash, and time. You can call uh, Ivy, I guess, at 251-421-0621. Good stuff right there. Needed that right after that freaking Mongol story. I can't believe that they do that kind of crap still. Unbelievable. Witnesses say the officer threatened to kill someone during a, uh, a wrestling tournament over the weekend. Leanne's uh, local tenants, Leanne Motorhome, is live now in North Miami with the details for us. Leanne. So at this point, exactly what set this off-duty officer off is still a mystery. But we do know that the entire incident was captured on school surveillance camera. Miami-Dade police officer Guillermo Cuba is charged with aggravated assault with a firearm, battery on an official employee, and bringing a firearm to school property. Miami-Dade schools police say the 50-year-old pushed and threatened to kill someone during a wrestling match at North Miami High School. According to an arrest form, Cuba ran onto the wrestling mat, pushing victim one to the ground. The defendant was then escorted out of the gymnasium by victim one school staff. He began to shout, I'll expletive kill you repeatedly at victim one in the presence of students and spectators of the event. Upon being removed from inside the gym, the defendant approached victim one, pulled up his shirt, displaying a firearm, which was holstered on his belt. Officers then searched Cuba in the parking lot and found a Glock 43 9mm handgun on him. They also say the entire incident was captured on school surveillance cameras. When I heard that, I was, I was just... Even I mess up with uh, it once in a while, and I'm always banging on Black Dragon, man. You, you know, we got a million buttons we're going through here, different transitions and stuff for these videos. And once in a while, we screw it up like me. Hey, I'm not, you know what? I'm not immune to being screwed up on some stuff. Uh, going back to that bar case, guys, do your research before... Even on my show, if you see something, go research it for yourselves. That way you can get the full story. I know in today's times, a lot of people don't have time to do that kind of stuff, and they just take it as uh, face value. But if you didn't look into this one, you would think it was a gang thing like freaking uh, these cops always go around and say, you know, they never, they have such a hard on for MCs, it's kind of ridiculous. I believe personally it's because they're jealous and envy. And I'm actually going to be doing a short later on about war on bikers. This is a perfect example of it. Per perfect example. And then, of course, we got our wall of shame that, you know, there needs to be no thoughts, man. That's self-explanatory with them. It's great 
seeing all the bikers do everything. And for people who say, you know, all inclusive, man, that one's hard to do, you know, at the beginning, if you know what I mean. Anyway, don't forget to download us on Roku and uh, Fire TV. Help us get to 10,000 over on Instagram. Really appreciate all the support getting us to 40. We're on our way to 50. Uh, good stuff over on YouTube. Really appreciate it. I'll talk to you guys later. Don't forget to hit the second part of this show over on the podcast platforms. Good stuff, man. Talk to you later. Adi. To the extent that pending criminal matters are discussed on this website or YouTube channel, all such charges are merely accusations and all defendants are presumed innocent until and unless proven guilty in a court of law. Hey kid, do I have your attention? I know the way you've been living. I'm so reckless, tragedy and this welcome to the family. Hey! Only time will alter your vision Never in question, lethal injection Welcome to the family Not long ago you'd find the answers were so crystal clear Within a day you'd find yourself living in constant fear Can you look at yourself now? Can you look at yourself? You can't win this
We're going to be going into an interview that Brian and Tank did with Black Dragon. If you don't know who uh, Tank and Dirty are with the Biker Lifestyle Podcast, you can check them out over on YouTube. They're also on all major podcast platforms and are members of the Roundtable. So this is the first half of their show and their interview with Black Dragon. And on the following episode, you'll get part two. Here we go. This is one DJ you don't want to fuck with. You got knocked the fuck out, man. Listen to James Hollywood Machikari Thursdays at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time for Rockin' with Hollywood. And listen to the best 80s heavy metal to today. Rock on. You like motorcycles, freedom, boobs, and good times doing dangerous stuff? Check out the Biker's Lifestyle Podcast with Dirty and Tank. New episodes every Monday on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and all other streaming devices. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at the Biker's Lifestyle Podcast or TikTok at the Biker Podcast. That's the Biker's Lifestyle Podcast. Best biker shit show on the internet. But tell me, just what is it that you want to do? Well, we want to be free. We want to be free to, to do what we want to do. We want to be free to ride. We want to be free to ride our machines without being hassled by the man. And we want to get loaded. And we want to have a good time. That's what we're going to do. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a party. Welcome to another shit show on the Biker's Lifestyle Podcast with your host, Dirty and Tank. Here we go. Away we go, man. Bring us Holy in, shit. Dirty. Holy shit, yeah. Holy shit. Fucking Black Dragons on the fucking Biker Lifestyle Podcast. I, I can't fucking believe it, man. I, I really can't. I mean, I, I I don't even have to do an introduction. Everybody knows who Black Dragon is. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, he's, ubi- he's, is, u- he's ubiquitous, man. I, <laughs> I've been watching <laughs> Black Dragon. I've been watching you. I've been watching you back since you were wearing a cowboy hat with a blue screen behind you. Let's put it that way. You know? Oh. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I was literally listening to you talking about being a prospect while I was probating. And Holy moly. Yeah, that, that's been many years ago. So, mm. you know, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, Black Dragon in the flesh, here we are. I, I have one question for you, and this is going to be like a tough interview for us because, like, how many hours and millions of hours have you put on the Internet? So, I mean, everybody already knows everything that you have going on in life. But there's one question I gotta ask you. What's that? You were, you were the, uh, you were part of the uh, Biker Boys movie, right? You were like a uh, technical advisor. Yes. Okay. Did you meet Lisa Bonet? Oh. Yeah. Good question: Is she as hot as she is in person? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Well, first of all, if you call her Lisa Bonet, she is not even going to talk to you. Bonet is what I her said. Her name is Lilacoy Moon. Lilacoy Moon, okay. I yeah, didn't even when, know that. Thank when you. I, by the time she had made it to uh, uh, Biker Boys, her name was Lilacoy Moon. And if you mm-hmm. called her Lisa Monet, she'd walk right past you, like if you called uh, Muhammad Ali Cassius Clay. Mm. So that was the first thing. And uh, and so I, I actually accidentally called her Lisa a couple times. Uh, and she was really kind about it, but I could just, you know, like tell from the look look on her face like she was uh you know like can these guys please get my name right so that was one thing uh but is she was she hot ain't even the word Uh, (laughs) i know she was like smoking smoking i mean i'm gonna be quite honest with you like like i grew up watching the cosby show as a kid and i'm pretty sure 
she was like my first crush. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, she was it back in the nineties and the late eighties. You know what I'm, I mean, I don't have to tell you, you know, I she mean, still had it. Oh, she still got it. And, and, uh, I, I, I hate to be a perv, but, uh, please I'll, I'll take a perv moment. No, <laughs> this is our show. Go ahead, man. Perv, she, perv, uh, perv away. <laughs> she was doing something. Um, uh, she was doing something. She was talking to another actor uh, outside of her trailer and she was doing something. And for some reason, she raised her hands above her shoulders or whatever, whatever she was doing, exercising, stretching or whatever she was doing. And her, her shirt came up above her midriff and you could see that six pack just there. Did you need a minute after that? By yourself, I, I needed, or? I needed a spiritual moment. Uh, I just, I just stopped and just stared like my mouth, like I hit the, she was four or five levels of fine. And, uh, she was a pretty sweet person. Um, especially, uh, for what was going on it, it, Hollywood at that time, uh, you know, if you ever done a movie in Hollywood, the um nope. the, no. <laughs> well <laughs> let me tell you all about it but if you have done a movie in hollywood or if you've ever been an extra they got really funky ass rules and um one of the rules is that as an extra you don't mix with the movie stars they have their own places to eat their own separate tents yeah you know, one of the quickest ways to get thrown off the set is to like ask for an autograph or can I be in a picture with you or any of that kind of stuff. And because Biker Boys was the first movie ever done about black motorcycle clubs and black motorcycle set culture. And all of these black folks that were on the movie, like we used real motorcycle clubs, real, real uh, bike clubs, real people. Um, and we were on the set with people we had idolized Kadeem Hardison, uh, Lilacoy Moon, that others know as Lisa Bonet. Um, oh my God, uh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, and and um, on and on and on and on, all these uh, stars. And they were so dedicated from Lawrence Fishburne on down to making, they broke every rule that, that you would break in Hollywood. Like they would refuse to eat in the um in the uh actors tents they came over and ate with all of us uh um extras uh they came and hung out with the folks i to every every star including wow. uh uh little koi moon and uh they let us take pictures with them they let us touch them they let us hug them they let us uh uh get their autographs they broke every rule uh and uh, I've been on other movie sets. I've never seen anything like that. So not only was she a beautiful uh, woman, not only was she hot, not only was she sexy, uh, she was kind. She was down to earth. So I really appreciated spending that time with her. So uh, you, you think you think the cause ever, you know, a little, good little put in there? Uh... Well, I mean, I would have <laughs> stripped her the Mickey. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, I mean, if, if you watch some of our past shows, I mean, Dirty makes no bones about it. He's got a little bit of a man crush on Jason Momoa. No, uh, we can't talk about him anymore. Well, well no, all over done. Yeah. Was that our new husband, that, that guy, that muscle guy? Yeah, that that guy. I, I signed an NDA. I'm not allowed to talk about Jason ah, Momoa anymore. Oh, he, so he started reading the emails and getting the, uh, getting the voicemails, huh? Let me just put it to you like this. He'll never feel how these magic fingers are ever again. Well, the offer was there, That's too. You know, it, wasn't, it, was. it wasn't anything weird. It wasn't going to get weird at all. It wasn't no, no, going to no. get weird. No, no, no. no. Complete, complete no. guy-centric. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah. guy works out. He's probably got a sore back. I was trying to help him out. I just appreciated him. Hey, you That's offered lunch, too. Lunch. I did. You did. A hot so. one. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I got to oh. ask. So, another question I have. You were the uh, national president of a very large motorcycle club. And uh, I'm kind of curious, what was your biggest pain in the ass problem of being that part of the club, being a national president? What was the one thing that always just got underneath your skin? You know, and I, I, I wrote about this in my, uh, in my uh, latest book, the president's Bible, Oh, okay. Uh, which is um, 
you know, you can always have your book around your shameless plug. But the President's Bible, mm-hmm. uh, Chronicle One: Principles of Motorcycle Club Leadership. Find it on but, Amazon. <laughs> but on Amazon and uh, on uh, Kindle, and soon to be this month, it'll be an audio uh, audio book. That's also, what I'm going to be listening to it. I'm yeah, not a reader. Yeah, they don't read no. And and uh, this is I also do. available on BlackDragonsGear.com. But in here, I wrote about the loneliness of the MC when you. When you become a president, the motorcycle club is no longer yours. The, the club ship, the brotherhood is gone. It's for everyone else. It ain't for you. Your job is to make sure that everyone else has the great time. Everyone else is treated properly according to the bylaws. Everybody else is uh, um, protected. Everybody else is uh, wants are met, needs are met, desires are met, ass is wiped, uh, tears are, 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 are wiped away. Everybody's pain, bitching, moaning, and groaning, you are responsible for. But nobody gives a damn about you. Your ass never needs wiping. You never need to be saved. You're never crying. You're never tired. You're never, you never don't have an answer. You don't even sleep. You get phone calls at you know, four o'clock in the morning as though you are some sort of deity floating above all. And I'm, a, I'm, I'm awake, my son. Uh, what did you need? I don't need any damn sleep. Uh, and you lose every friend you ever had in the MC. When you put down national president, you are haggard. You are beaten down. Your reputation is in uh, and since I'm since I'm on a podcast uh, and I'm not on video, I, I'll cuss. <laughs> Forgive uh, we'll, me. You'll be on video on YouTube. Cuss away. Um, we fucking do all the time. Your your reputation is in the shit tank because people will make it a point to remove you from office at any at in in any capacity they can. They'll tell any lie. They'll tell any uh, falsehood. Uh, they'll make up stuff or uh, and and they'll look to exploit your every weakness. You are a great guy. Day one, when they patch you in and your celebrity just goes downhill from there. And I mean, you can see all the national presidents um, of all these big top clubs um, go to prison, get excommunicated, get thrown out on their ear, get put out bad president after president after president. Are are we all bad? No, the politics of running a national MC suck. And uh, if you notice on my cut, uh, when you see me riding my motorcycle on my cut, there's a big yellow patch right above my heart that says leadership sucks. It is the loneliest, (laughs) the loneliest, um, most uh, devastating, uh, heartbreaking job in the MC. Well, yeah, I hear you. Um, part of me can somewhat relate. You know, we're not a national club, but at the same time, you know, we're we're a club. And then being in the club life as long as I have been. I've realized that a lot of clubs share the exact same problems, you know, but so now that I ask you that, what's the best part of it about being a national president? This shit goes my way, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the best part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it goes down. Like I say, it goes down and, uh, you know, um, to a certain extent, like for instance, Hey, man, if uh, we're the blind leading the blind, then yeah. I want to be the blind sucker to make the decisions. Since we neither one of us know what the hell we're doing, I trust my decision making a lot more than I trust yours. Uh, so since we're the blind leading the blind here, I'll take the lead. One thing that, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I, you know I, I'm not the most loved guy in the world in my club. But uh, one thing is for certain, my um, accomplishments stand. You can't 
take from that? Uh, if you type the name of my club in uh, a Google search engine, the day that my name stops popping up, then I'll be worried. But uh, uh, I got a chance. I got an opportunity. My brothers trusted me to be able to put uh, my footprint on the MC, and it will stand for all time. So the greatest part about leadership uh, was that I got to shape and mold and uh, direct and uh, massage and and create the Motorcycle Club Nation. Do I make you horny, by the way? Oh, my gosh. The news is just Get in the mood now by downloading the Insane Throttle Radio app from Google Play for Android Now. Rock on. That I thought, I felt was best. I didn't have to sit back and complain about somebody else. And, you know, I, I never, I don't have to go to my grave wondering, you know, what if I had stepped up to the plate? Because I did. And it was, it was epic. And it was great and it was harsh and it was sad. And uh, you get to be uh, the most hated and most loved individual. And there is no middle ground. Uh, people either hate you or they love you. They can stand you or they don't. Uh, but what you don't get to be, which is great for some people, you don't get to just fade out and nobody ever really knew you were there. So yeah. uh, there is a boon, both boon and curse, uh, to being in a spot like that, and I wouldn't change a damn thing. Well, well uh, go ahead, go on, go ahead, Dirty. You, you had no, some... no, I was, I was just gonna say, you know, I mean, you know, it, what I've found in leadership, you, you share all, you, you take on all the blame and share none of the glory. You know, whenever something good happens, it's always somebody else did it. It was always somebody else's idea. The club pulled together. They came through, yada, yada, yada. But when something gets all fucked up, it's always, well, who's responsible for this shit? And it's the guy at the top. Yep. You know? Yep. And I, I live that. I even live that. To, you know, I haven't been national president for, I think, uh, going on close to three years now. And, oh, my gosh, they have meetings. And my name is running to the ground. He did this wrong. He did that. He did the other. and. Uh, even after you're gone, I mean, how long did Trump, uh, you know, jump on Obama, uh, you know, a couple years after the guy's gone hit. Yeah. The last guy effed it up. Hey, uh, <laughs> they all do that though. You're going to hear that. Yeah. They all do that. You're going to hear that. And there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, except for, uh, understand that is the, uh, that's the, the, uh, boon and the curse of leadership. And I, yeah fine with you you gotta have thick skin it's gotta be yeah. there well you gotta have thick skin to be in a motorcycle club culture period um well point i was going to make us further than that is that today uh marks the day of uh would have been the 53rd birthday of our uh president who dirty's filling his shoes now i've got some big shoes to fill he was killed in a motorcycle accident this past august i'm um, sorry to hear and uh you know chop you know, he, he was as, as big as life and you either loved him, you hated him. There was, uh, you know, I mean, he left a big mark. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he definitely was a, a big testimony to that. I think Dirty's being a little hard on himself, though. He uh, He's a little more democratic than Chop was. I mean, he's shouldering a lot of the responsibility, but he's got good people around him. And uh, he definitely has people that, uh, that do advise with him when he asks. He's, he's pretty quick to do that. And uh, to help him find his own way, even though he can be a little bit of an asshole sometimes. But we can we can all. He's shaking his head over there, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going to be straight up honest with you. I mean, every... No, I, right, say, I mean, I fucking love it. <laughs> well, I'll do that later. Anyways, <laughs> uh, probably 50% of what I know about being a leader in a motorcycle club comes from this man that we're talking to right now. 50% of it. I mean, I, I've been listening to his podcast, YouTube's literally since way back when, you know, and I mean, 
as far as like uh, the other part, I don't know, uh, Black Dragon, are you aware of a guy called Jocko Willink? No. Yeah, Jocko Willink, he, uh, he's got a super popular podcast uh, called Jocko's Podcast. And uh, he's a former Navy SEAL. He's got a, a company called Echelon Front, um, a gajillion other side companies, wrote a bajillion fucking books. And, write uh, it down, folks. <laughs> yeah. And no, seriously, check it out. Yeah, Jocko Willink, uh, his whole thing is uh, uh, extreme ownership. To where if you're a leader, you take on every responsibility. Everything is your fault. Everything is your responsibility. No, you can't put the blame on anybody else. So between you two guys, I think I'll I'll probably do an okay job. But uh, you know, I'm still learning. You know, I was I've been president now for all of two months, so or three months now. So, you know, I'm working on it. The thing is that if you, if, if you realize that you're a work in progress and you empower those around you, um, and then you demand as much for them from them as you demand from yourself and you lead by example, nobody outdoes you unless you are physically or mentally incapable mm. and then you, you'll be fine. Um, I, I never, you know, we have the cold ass run to the mother, which happens every February and it is the coldest run. It is, it, it's across the United States from Atlanta to, uh, um, to, to California. You're hugging I 10, like, <laughs> like a, <laughs> like a, a baby on a mother's breast milk, right? Like you're hugging it, uh, because, uh, it's the only thing that's open or the only highway that's open. Like you wouldn't take the 70 or the 80 across. You couldn't oh, take that. Don't they close up with the snow and the ice. Uh, the 20 is bad. So, you know, I, we've been in whiteout conditions in uh, El Paso, Texas one year, <laughs> El Paso, <laughs> Texas. <laughs> We're riding in a whiteout blizzard. Uh, but uh, I made sure that when the club went, I was there and I was leading the pack. I mean, this is no one was going to outride me. Now you might have a faster motorcycle than I was, but even when we got to a certain point in the mountains, uh, coming out of, uh, uh, else coming into El Centro, California, uh, right before you got to San Diego, they got this mountain pass. I would wait every year to wax those suckers asses up in those passes. Uh, and, um, and no one, I, I don't care what souped up Harley they were on. They couldn't beat me in the past. You know, you got to find something you're good at and spank them, boys, every time for as long as you're, you're president. You got to find something you're good at and you spank everybody in it. And um, and you lead by example. You make the guys want to match your effort, your heart and your willingness. Uh, and that's that's what builds a good club. And when you become a piece of, you know, cowardly piece of garbage that no one can trust. Then, uh, and then your motorcycle club suffers. Any, oh, org- you know. any organization, that's for sure. Oh, dead silence. I hate when that fucking happens. Penalty, 15 yards. There we go. I uh, mean, he, uh, might be, he might be frozen. He, are you there? Well, I was going to say is uh, you're a national president. You guys are making the, the, the run, you know, in February. Did you ever think of maybe doing it in May? <laughs> <laughs> So this goes, you know? <laughs> this, it, yeah, the, actually, uh, we, we, we do run twice a year. Uh, we go back in, in the summer, which I would, to be honest, I, I would almost rather do it in the winter. I'd rather freeze. You can, you can layer up. You can't unlayer when you unlayer down the skin and it's still 120. You're riding across that te- Texas desert. And you know what you're trying to get to? You're trying to get to the next rain squall. You're running as hard as you can. I think the speed limit is 80, 85 out there. So yeah. you, you've never seen anything like it. And uh, so you're running a, a straight 110 in the pack, nut to butt, everybody rolling. And the sun is beating you so bad, you just want to cry. And <laughs> there is a rain squall, and you are trying to get to it because it drops the temperature by a whole 10 degrees, right? Which could be 100, you know? Yeah. And right when you get to that effing rain squall, it 
it just it just mysteriously goes away. And you scream, ah! And then there's another rain squall, and you get to it, and you can see all the wet ground that you don't get a part of because it it blew on by. And uh, and so I'd rather do it in the winter, but we do it in the winter because that's the mother chapter annual. And it when we became the Black Sabbath in San Diego and we joined the uh, Los Angeles Council, um, nobody wanted us to succeed back in 1974 we were the newest club on the block we were new kids nobody wanted us to succeed so they gave us the worst uh worst run of the year which was in february which was raining season in california and nobody rode during raining season so we had a small off season very small like maybe a month uh, uh december to february and and so our run became the first run of the year but it was the worst day on the calendar that they gave us. It was right in the middle of February, near Valentine's Day. A lot of times it falls on Valentine's Day. And they figured, you know, we would, you know, we would suck. Nobody would want to come. And we turned that into the first run of the year. And it was one of the most successful runs uh, in California. Uh, so, you know, they gave us them and we made lemonade. But it, that, that didn't do any good for us 30 years later, <laughs> as we have clubs all over the country. Yeah. Uh, so they kind of, you know, did what they wanted to do. It worked. Uh, we got a bad run and it's cold, it's vicious, it's horrible. Uh, but it separates the men from the boys. And, and, uh, you know, we've come to love, you know, we got our biggest compliment one year when we came back from the, the cold ash run, I, I named it the cold ash run to the mother. And when we came back, uh, we had dinner, uh, with a bunch of motorcycle clubs. We, we went to this um, place to eat, and there was a bunch of motorcycle clubs there. And we had just got back. I think um, uh, I think we had um, we might have been back a day or two. So we go to this dinner, and somebody screams out, "Oh, there's the Black Sabbath!" Uh, and somebody said something about us riding in the winter. And a lady says, "I'm not impressed with that. Everybody knows they ride all damn winter long." I challenged them to ride in the summer. I want to see them ride with uh, with their shirts off. And uh, you'll 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 impress me if we see y'all ride in the summer. We know y'all ride through the snow and the and the and the rain and and the sleet. Let us see what. I bet you in the summer you'll melt away. You know that made my whole damn day. Like uh, people recognized uh, what we did as a as a hard ass riding club. And for me, MC means move the crowd on two yeah. wheels. So for people to recognize that we ride hard like that and to me, that was a compliment. It, she meant it as a joke, but I meant I, I took it as an extreme compliment that, you know, that uh, they they know how we ride, and and I like that. Well, the weather definitely separates the real riders from the uh, the fake ass rubs. You know, uh, I've said it for years. You you never truly know how retarded you are until you're sitting on a motorcycle at thirty degrees. You know, <laughs> you know, you or you know, in the middle of a thunderstorm, or there's a tornado coming down, and and there your ass is on two wheels, sitting out there with a big shit-eating grin on your face. I, I've been there. I, I've got a video of me riding through a tornado, and I'm screaming the whole time and yelling <laughs> and laughing. Is this all you got? Yeah, come on, bring it on. <laughs> Which is what I was saying, but on the inside, it was like, oh my god, this is. <laughs> this is... <laughs> Why did I get into fishing? You know, it's like fuck. <laughs> now the best time to go fishing, brothers, when the weather's bad. So <laughs> that's what they say. And no, <laughs> <laughs> you can look behind me; you can see all the fishing shit. So yeah, that's kind of like my pastime. Oh wow! Look at that. Yeah, yeah, he makes uh, his own rods and everything like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at. Uh, look at that. Yeah. No, no, custom rod builder. But that's what just keeps me from drinking. One of the things, but. But, uh, I mean, Black Dragon, I mean, being part of the, you know, the biker culture, but also part of the Black biker culture, which, uh, you know, I was in Abate before I joined. Well, I'm still in Abate now, but I was real active in Abate of Wisconsin before I joined the motorcycle club. Um, and one of the things that we thought was a necessity was we, we, we thought that it was necessary for us to breach the gap of the Black clubs and the white clubs. And in my journey of doing that, I found out that there was no gap. Right. Um, it's just it's just a difference of, of cultures. It's it's just I mean, bikers 
generally are private. Motorcycle clubs are private. We stick in small crowds. We want it that way. And uh, I remember going to a huge, huge rally down in Rockford, Illinois. It was one of the first times I'd been around. Um, there were probably, I don't know, 40, 50 motorcycle clubs that came in from all over the place. I mean, and the food was fantastic. They had four or five pigs and just, I mean, the beans. And I mean, oh, my God, I, I, being a fat man, I love the food. And um, out of that, I met, I met a bunch of people that I met in, in, the, in the culture itself, in the, in the biker world. And uh, next thing you know, I'm getting invited to birthday parties and Father's Day celebrations and, and all these people that lived all around me that I had no idea it was there. Um, and, you know, I mean, regardless of color, it was this, it's the same thing. It's, just, it's, it's the same experience. It's the same motorcycling experience. And I don't think people realize that. And they don't realize that there's not, there's not a prejudice that's involved. It's more of a, <clears throat> of a private thing just with the club life. And that's kind of a, a nature of it, you know? So, you know, um, a lot of people don't know this, but um, I was blown away. I did not know that there was a white biker culture like there is. Uh, like many white bikers, I was on the black biker set and yeah, I didn't hang out with y'all. I didn't know y'all. We I was on the black biker set in San Diego. It's very huge. Uh very, you know, every now and then we, you know, we would, you know, the Hells Angels would ride by or or the Mongols or something. And, you know, uh back in the day, we just kind of rode our own separate ways. Every now and then they would come to our club, we would go to their club, but for the most part. I had no idea. And that's all for Motorcycle Madhouse this morning. Don't forget to go over to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Install Insane Throttle TV's channel over on Roku. As well as go get the Insane Throttle radio app over on Google Play. Rock on until next time.